good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast. How is your anchor holding today? Are you taking advantage of the Word of God that's available to you to to give you a life full of purpose? Uh, It's good to be able to come to you over this recording through our podcast. I don't take lightly the responsibility to be able to share with you thoughts from the Word of God and encourage you in your walk with Him. Uh, today is a special day. This is October the 14th, at least when I'm when I am uh, giving this podcast. And I, it's an important day for several reasons, but uh, it's an important day because it's a great day to celebrate the religious liberty that we have in Christ. We've been the recipients of unusual uh, freedom here in America to be able to practice our faith and our walk with the Lord. There may be clouds that are beginning to overshadow that now, but I am very grateful for one, that we have the ability to meet in public, to be able to share our faith with those that are willing to listen, uh, and uh, and to be able just to have our church and to be able to meet and worship God in a way that our consciences dictate to us according to the scripture. Today is October 14th. It is a, it's kind of an important day for us because Uh, George Whitefield, who you've heard me perhaps discuss before, who was one of my hero evangelists, he had just finished preaching, actually, in Norwich, Connecticut. This was back, of course, uh, in the 1700s, mid-1700s. And uh, George Whitefield was preaching in Norwich, Connecticut, and there was a young man that stepped up to uh, shake his hand. And Robert Morgan tells about this in uh, his book on this day. Uh, the boy's name, the man's name was Isaac Bacchus. Uh, he was literally the heir of a family fortune and had been deeply moved by the message that George Whitefield had been preaching. And he soon gave his life to, to Jesus Christ. And he was baptized and became a pastor and a church planter and even a Baptist evangelist. Uh, was known all over New England as a home missionary. He made 900 trips Uh, in colonial America, and he covered some 68,000 miles on horseback. Now, that's a lot of riding, I'll tell you. Um, But he's best known as a champion of religious liberty. From the beginning of his ministry, Bacchus fought uh, very doggedly for a separation of church and state in the American colonies. As a matter of fact, when he entered his ministry, uh, attacks in Massachusetts supported the state church. It was the same in New Hampshire, where I pastor now. Uh, it was called the Standing Order. It was the Congregational Church. In fact, in colonial America, you couldn't even vote in town politics in the state of New Hampshire if you didn't belong to the Standing Order, the Congregational Church in town. Um, it's it's remarkable to me that the pilgrims who left the religious repression in England came and established the same thing when they got to Boston. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the Congregational Church in New England was the basically state church. And when you paid your taxes every year, part of your taxes went to pay for the congregational pastor's salary. Well, Bacchus refused to pay it. Uh, he protested and was was imprisoned, and when released, he mounted a tireless campaign to abolish the state-supported church system. Uh, In fact, the only way that you could vote in town is if you belonged to a recognized sect, S-E-C-T, of Christianity, 
Uh, but that wasn't even that didn't even happen till sometime later. Well, let's go. 1774 is an important date. October the 14th today in 1774. The First Continental Congress met in Philadelphia. Bacchus was there. He was lobbying the representatives, uh, uh, and his fellow ministers were with him. They arranged a meeting with the Massachusetts representatives to the Congress and presented a petition saying, we want full religious liberty. Well, the politicians were really ticked off. They were irritated. John Adams actually insisted that taxes collected to support the Congregational Church did not impinge on the freedom of other religious groups which was not quite the case. But anyway, he ended the four-hour meeting saying this, John Adams anyway, quote, Gentlemen, if you mean to try to effect a change in Massachusetts laws respecting religion, you may as well attempt to change the course of the sun in the heavens, unquote. <laughs> so there was a real determination not to make any changes. But Bacchus... Um, determined to take his petition to John Hancock and then before the entire Continental Congress. John Adams was always trying to frustrate his efforts, but his ideas took root. And it wasn't actually until 27 years after Bacchus's death that the last state church in Massachusetts was disestablished. Uh, probably more than any man uh, in colonial New England, Isaac Bacchus, who was a godly man. If you ever get the chance to read his biography, it's wonderful. It's encouraging. He is credited with formulating and publicizing uh, that position of church and state that ultimately prevailed in America. Now, unfortunately, it has continued to swing the other direction. Bacchus no, would never have intended uh, the current status, the, the understanding or philosophical viewpoint of church, separation of church and state to be what it is today. Uh, what that meant in the Federalist Papers by Thomas Jefferson was that there should be no state established or sponsored church. Uh, and so, and, and that's true, and we would stand, stand by that. But what he did not mean is that the church cannot tolerate the expression of a number of different religions. And that's what happened when you allowed the display of Ten Commandments or something of that nature. That's not a violation of the separation of church and state because the state is not establishing uh, a state church. Uh, but nonetheless, that's the way the laws have gone from that point on to, the, to where we are today. But we are grateful for the blessing of the freedom that we enjoy here in America. I'm not so sure that we aren't due for some time of persecution to winnow the wheat because believers have become too soft and jelly-spined. Uh, it has been too easy to proclaim yourself a Christian without really understanding the price that that'll cost a human soul, uh, at least in this world, uh, to be compensated for in the world to come. But uh, right here, uh, it's too easy to call yourself a Christian. It's too easy to do that, but I believe those times are going to change and that pretty soon uh, the people will recognize there there's a cost to identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you walking with him today? If uh, you are on the stand being convicted for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Uh, that's something that uh, we have to ask ourselves from time to time. Let's make sure that we're taking a stand for our Savior. We're living for Him, and we're uh, walking in wisdom and in the in obedience to His commands. 
God bless you today. Be faithful to Him. Tell somebody about Jesus today, will you? Give them a track. Invite them to come to church with you. It's not the pastor's job to reach the entire world. It's all of our jobs. And so I'm asking you today, why don't you make a concerted effort to engage somebody in conversation and invite them to church? Give them the full gospel. Give them a track. And uh, give them, most of all, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge of who He is. God bless you.